Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles today. We're so happy to have you with us. We're broadcasting from Florida, uh, Wellington, and we're still working now in this section, this supplement called um, Psychotherapy, Purpose, Process, and Practice. So now we're in the second part of this. It's called the process of psychotherapy. First was the purpose of psychotherapy. And then now is the process of psychotherapy. And it has quite a few sections. There's seven sections. So we might get into one or two of them today. Introduction. Psychotherapy is a process that changes the view of the self. At best, this new self is more beneficent self-concept, but psychotherapy can hardly be expected to establish reality. This is not its function. If it can make way for reality, it has achieved its ultimate success. Its whole function in the end is to help the patient deal with one fundamental error, the belief that anger brings him something he really wants and that by justifying attack, he is protecting himself. To whatever extent he comes to realize that this is an error, to that extent he is truly saved. Well, you know, we have this self-concept and we defend it. And then we get angry about when it's under t- attack. And um, so this paragraph is saying, well, we've made up this self-concept or this self that we made up, and that may not be who we really are. So we have to more or less dismantle it. And then when we do try to dismantle it, sometimes we get very angry about not not wanting to... Um, you know, change or, or give up some concept about ourself. And so we defend ourselves. We, we attack, we use anger. And basically that's saying this is the purpose of the process of psychotherapy is a, a changing of this whole view, right? Mm-hmm. Psychotherapy is a process that changes the view of the self. Patients do not enter the therapeutic relationship with this goal in mind, however. On the contrary, such concepts mean little to them or they would not need help. Their aim is to be able to retain their self-concept exactly as it is, but without the suffering that it entails. Their whole equilibrium rests on the insane belief that this is possible. And because to the sane mind it is so clearly impossible, what they seek is magic. And in illusions, the impossible is easily accomplished, but only at the cost of making illusions, quote, true. The patient has already paid the price. Now he wants a better illusion. Well, what this is saying is people don't really want to change. They just want to get free of their suffering but they want to keep the self they made up. And they don't see that it's the self that they made up that is causing the suffering. Mm -hmm. All right? 
So in order to stop the suffering, you have to change the self that you made up. You have to let go. You have to forgive. You have to, um, you know, uh, uh, redefine yourself, basically. And if you're not willing to do that, you're going to maintain the suffering. Because this self you made up, inherent in that self you made up, are thoughts, deeds, actions that cause you suffering. And one of which is being angry. Mm-hmm. Anger, you know, we, we've been working with people lately that fear, guilt, and anger are the three main kind of demons of our, of our ego that keep us in a state of conflict, suffering, pain, sickness, you name it. So here it comes right out and it says, well, you think anger is going to get you something that you really want, but it doesn't. At the beginning then, the patient's goal and the therapist are at variance. The therapist as well as the patient may cherish false self-concepts, but their respective perceptions of, quote, improvement still must differ. The patient hopes to learn how to get the changes he wants without changing his self-concept to any significant extent. He hopes, in fact, to stabilize it sufficiently to include within it the magical powers he seeks in psychotherapy. He wants to make the vulnerable invulnerable and the finite limitless. The self he sees is his God and he seeks only to serve it better. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of these uh, kind of self-improvement gurus, they're very much interested in making your ego work better. You think the right thoughts, you you do the right actions, you have the right goals, you know, you stay on this kind of program of enthusiasm, and you make your ego work better. And I think with The Course in Miracles, it's trying to totally dismantle your ego, mm. not make anything work better. Mm. In fact, it's trying to undo rather than add. Regardless of how sincere the therapist himself may be, he must want to change the patient's self-concept in some way that he believes is real. The task of therapy is one of reconciling these differences. Hopefully, both will learn to give up their original goals, for it is only in relationships that salvation can be found. At the beginning, it is inevitable that patients and therapists alike accept unrealistic goals not completely free of magical overtones, but they are finally given up in the minds of both. Okay, so that's the introduction to the process of psychotherapy. I think we're really clear that, you know, as a student of A Course in Miracles, we we have a self that we made up that the Course is trying mm-hmm. to uh, free us from, and the self we made up is full of pain, suffering, fear, loss, anger, judgments, you know, all of that. And we're trying to get free of that self we made up into this other dimension, this other uh, frequency, whatever you want to call that. You can call it the self-God created. You can call it your holy self. You can call it the Holy Spirit. But there, there is this 
movement out of this self-concept that we made up into this other self-creation that is um, free and divine. Okay, now it's the limits of psychotherapy. Okay, so this is number one in this second part process of psychotherapy. Number one. The limits of psychotherapy. The limits of psychotherapy. Yet the ideal outcome is rarely achieved. Therapy begins with the realization that healing is of the mind, and in psychotherapy those have come together who already believe this. It may be they will not get much further, for no one learns beyond his own readiness. Yet levels of readiness change, and when a therapist or patient has reached the next one, there will be a relationship held out to them that meets the changing need. Perhaps they will come together again and advance in the same relationship, making it holier. Or perhaps each of them will enter into another commitment. Be assured of this, each will progress. Retrogression is temporary. The overall direction is one of progress toward the truth. Yeah, okay, so two people get together in this premise of psychotherapy to uh, change their mind in some way. Um, and this relationship may be temporary. It, it may start, it may stop, it may come back together again. Um, but what it's saying is it's always useful and necessary steps or positive steps will be made, even if it looks bad. You know, we've had, we've had people come to us and we've shown them that, oh, certain thoughts they had have made up their diseases or their relationship problems, and they get mad at us and never come back. Now, they have received some kind of a transmission from us that is affecting their life. Now, they walk out of the room and we may never see them again, but you can bet they'll think about what we said, and you can bet that whatever we said is going to be working on changing their mind. So, so we don't know these encounters, you know, that we have with people. They, they have an effect on both parties. You know, for us, it's sometimes we reach a deeper level of clarity, deeper level, deeper level of certainty, and we're able to express that. And for the other, they may not be ready to hear it. Um, it may break down. You know, I had an incident a couple weeks ago where I was working with this organizer in the Middle East, and the process got very deep, and she wasn't willing to go that deep, and, and it broke down. Mm -hmm. So, But, hey, I'm sure that what I said got through because it was speaking something true, you know? Psychotherapy itself cannot be creative. Yeah, read that last line. The overall direction is one of progress toward the truth. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what we're dedicated to here. All right. Psychotherapy itself cannot be creative, it says. This is one of the errors which the ego fosters, that it is capable of true change and therefore of true creativity. Okay, so now creativity, I think when the Course talks about that, they would talk about 
a divine frequency of perfection that uh, that imparts everything. It doesn't. It's problem free. It's fear free. It's judgment free. It's it's like a universal outpouring, right? So then this says psychotherapy itself cannot be created. Well, psychotherapy is dealing with with correction of the mind or miracles, let's say. Eventually it's going to talk about the role of miracles in psychotherapy. But a miracle is a correction. So corrections inherently are reparative. They're not creative. Like if there's a mistake made that and you correct the mistake. It's like you're setting right what is already a natural order of things, right? So there's a natural order of things and some mistake happens and now it's in disorder. All right, so what's the purpose of the miracle or what's the purpose of psychotherapy? It's to restore order to what was already in order but then became out of order. Right? So it's reparative. Therefore, it's not creative. That's what that means. Psychotherapy itself cannot be creative because it's reparative. Yeah. It's repairing something that got broken, you know? When we speak of the quote, saving illusion or the final dream, this is not what we mean. But here is the ego's last defense resistance is its way of looking at things its interpretation of progress and growth. These interpretations will be wrong of necessity because they are delusional. The changes the ego seeks to make are not real changes. They are but deeper shadows or perhaps different cloud patterns. Yet what is made of nothingness cannot be called new or different. Illusions are illusions. Truth is truth. Well, these are very deep words, illusions, truth. We may not fully understand them yet. We have to go on and read on. Mm -hmm. But basically, I think if we got out of this paragraph, that the purpose of the psychotherapy is reparative. It's not creative. It's corrective. It's not giving you some new wonderful theory or some new wonderful, you know creative direction. It's repairing what's already there and seeing that y- you you can't um, if you're going in the wrong direction and you want to alter your course but you're still going in the wrong direction no alteration of your course is going to mm. fix the fact you're going in the wrong direction. Mm. It's a complete reversal you have to say oh I'm going in the wrong direction I got to turn turn totally around and give up my direction well that that is the function of psychotherapy and it's and the miracle but it's so all-encompassing a lot of people get freaked out and don't want to do it Mm -hmm. they want to just alter their course even though it's the wrong course they want to make small you know, adjustments to their course or small adjustments to themselves and kind of fix this self or fix this course. 
but never admit they're going the wrong way mm. or never admit they're with a self that's totally false. Resistance, as defined here, can be characteristic of a therapist as well as a patient. Either way, it sets a limit on psychotherapy because it restricts its aims. Nor can the Holy Spirit fight against the intrusions of the ego on the therapeutic process, but he will wait and his patience is infinite. His goal is wholly undivided always. Whatever resolutions patient and therapist reach in connection with their own divergent goals, they cannot become completely re reconciled as one until they both join with his. Only then is all conflict over, for only then can there be certainty. So unless the patient and the therapist are joined with the Holy Spirit, it's not going to work then. Isn't that what they're saying? Well, yes, that is what it's saying. But traditionally, um, that kind of surrender is not deemed as professional in the profession of psychotherapy. Yeah. Because you're talking now about a spiritual imperative. You're talking about a spiritual um, kind of governor of the whole process, right? And, and to turn over the process to the Holy Spirit, um, I mean, you would probably be laughed out of, uh, you know, psychotherapy schools or colleges and universities for going that far to say that uh, it's not even going to work unless both parties, the therapist and the patient, turn their will over to this Holy Spirit. Mm. And this is saying, well, that's the only sanity that could come in is if you're willing to do that. Mm. It's like a total relinquishment of what you think is right. Mm. You know, it's like saying, I don't know. It's like you're saying, I don't know. When you're, when you're facing the Holy Spirit, which is, is you can't smell it, see it, sense it, blah, blah, blah. It's the unknown, right? So in order for you to invoke the Holy Spirit, you have to be willing to come to that unknown space. Mm. And that is not something that most uh, professional people trained in psychotherapy are willing to do. Ideally, psychotherapy is a series of holy encounters in which brothers meet to bless each other and okay. receive the peace of God. Okay, now just read that one more. Read it again. Psycho Ideally, psychotherapy is a series of holy encounters in which brothers meet to bless each other and receive the peace of God. Okay, well there you have it. So it's a very holy, sacred encounter. This is probably the holiest encounter there is. And this is what we have dedicated liberation breathing to. When people come to us, it's a holy encounter, and we know that. And anything that would possibly come out as therapeutic is a result of a spiritual connection that both of us make. Mm -hmm. We, as the person um, uh, facilitating the, the breathing session, and they, as the person receiving this, this spiritual energy, you know, we're there holding the space to invoke it, and they're there being in the space to receive it. And that's a holy encounter. And a series of those encounters 
is is what that says you know getting people to receive the peace of god and this will one day come to pass for every quote patient on the face of this earth for who except a patient could possibly have come here the therapist is only a somewhat more specialized teacher of god he learns through teaching and more advanced he is the more he teaches and the more he learns but Whatever stage he is in, there are patients who need him just that way. They cannot take more than he can give for now. Yet both will find sanity at last. Yeah, so you teach what you need to learn and you will attract uh, people in your life who are at the level you may be one or two steps ahead of them and you can give what you've received, you know. So, so there's, there's a, and it says everybody's a patient, just like everybody's a student. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember Taraji saying there's no, no greater honor in life than to be the student, you know, spiritually. That, I mean, even Krishnamurti would say that he was always learning, he was always, he was always receiving, he was always open to the new you know, so even the teacher is the student. In fact, the teacher is the teacher because he's the best student there is. The teacher is the best student. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's the teacher, because he's a student 24-7, 365. It never sleeps. He's always inquiring. He's always processing. He's always, um, you know, in this ascension towards the peace of God. And that's what this is saying, you know. I think we could stop there. That's yeah, enough. okay, that's yeah. pretty intense. And tomorrow yeah. is the place of religion and Yeah, therapy. all right. Well, thank you, everybody. This was very <laughs> useful.